Hey guys, I'm Brittany. I'm Rhea. And welcome to the Be More podcast. Yes, welcome back. We took, yeah, we took last week off. <laughs> we did take away. last week off. <laughs> I was away. <laughs> I, just to tap on this whole idea of like us taking our random times off, I was listening to you, to, I listened to a podcast that I don't normally listen to and the two women who hosted were talking about how they were people who kind of started, I don't remember their names or any of the information that's relevant to like identify these people or their podcast, because I don't usually listen to it, but they were talking, they started podcasting. They have a similar podcast structure to the way that our podcast is structured mm-hmm. and the fact that they just get on and talk because they're friends and, oh, oh, they talk, they just wrote a book called Big Friendships. Okay. And their podcast talks a lot about that, like be having a big French friendship and how friendships are more complicated than everybody thinks they are and all that fun stuff. And they've had this podcast for a really long time. And there are people that were just like coming into it before it was really a thing and how they've done it for such a long time. And everybody asks them all the time, like, how do you do and blah, blah, blah. And what's the hardest part about it? And they were like, honestly, the hardest part about it is literally just scheduling to show up. They're yeah. like, once we show up, it just happens, but scheduling mm-hmm. it to show up. And I was like, dang, I'm so proud of us that we like, <laughs> we, we are still showing up and doing it. But at the For same sure. time, we're like, you know what? We're not trying to make a living off of this. So it's okay if we don't have, you know, we have a couple of weeks where we go live our life. Um, yeah. So it, it's truly just like catching up and talking. Yeah, it's not it's like casual. You know, yeah, yeah. Once you get, once you make a job out of some of these things, that's when you're like, Ugh, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So. Oh, yep. <laughs> once you make a job out of anything that's just enjoyable, things can Forget change. It. Yeah. Things exactly. change. So. Um, but this is not what we wanted to talk about today. We had things in mind that we want to talk about today and it's all stemming from Marie, where Maria was last week and why the, the reason behind why we were <laughs> on an episode last week. Yes, I was at Disney World, but um, did you see my stories throughout that weekend? I have not chance? been on social media. No, that's why at all. Good, that's so actually no. good for your your mental health. So it is very good for me. Um, I'm slightly back only because like I am going places, so obviously I want to let people know that's the, the art of social media. <laughs> that is the whole intention of social media: show people what you're doing. So and so, a lot of people got confused with my stories last weekend because I wasn't tagging Disney World. Instead, I was tagging random places around the world. <laughs> so, like, uh, the the castle when I went to the, a Magic Kingdom the first day, yeah, um, I tagged it as like the presidential like palace in the Philippines. Amazing. <laughs> and like we, me and Erin did it in tandem. So she tagged it. I think she tagged the castle as either Buckingham Palace or like somewhere else. And like. <clears throat> We saw this on TikTok where like some other family used to do this all the time and it would confuse people. So we wanted to try it. Uh, and then like did. I was on uh, It's a Small World and I tagged like a place in the Philippines that like my dad lives in. And then I went to Epcot the next day and I got, have you seen Turning Red? Yeah. The movie? So yeah. That's in Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a Turning Red drink that <gasps> I got and I, tagged, and I tagged Toronto. And then Love when it. I one of my managers was like are you in toronto i'm like no i told you i was going to disney world dude <laughs> and you then- know what <laughs> i th- i i 110 percent endorse this this activity a lot of people got super confused and then right after um there's a ratatouille ride which i think is like the best ride in i never the world went right on now. that one because the line is so long oh maybe like, that's why 
um but i tagged and right outside it was like after like right as sunset sun was setting so i took a picture of this guy and i tagged paris france like right after i was in like toronto and everyone was like where are you amazing <laughs> the chaos i ensued was like really funny and even Monica last night like was like where were you because you kept tagging places uh, other than disney world i was like i was in disney world you guys got like punked <laughs> which is all the places in the world in one place so i mean spot on amen too funny but a i had plus. a nice time it was so hot though down there mm. it was so hot even though it was like september so mm-hmm. um but i guess like again like we were saying like thank god i like left the day i left it was like yep. tuesday morning because um that hurricane it just came like, in that literally that, that afternoon the next day yeah it was like that, that afternoon day, it was okay. hitting the coast and i was in orlando so it was fine but like man like one of our high school friends that lives down there hadir she lives in fort myers and just like her siding is just wrecked from her house that poor thing so like it's wild it's wild down there but i mean i had a good time it was too hot and now it's up here you can if you're watching britney's like in a fucking blanket or something it's fucking cold up here it's just free it's freezing and it's wet and i mean you know i don't know what i like very very grateful that I mean, I can't even say that because we don't even know what's going to happen here in the next 24 hours. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I just want to know. I want to know, like, what do we intend to really do about this going forward? And it's ironic. Change? <laughs> yes, it's ironic because on Wednesday while I was driving into school, I was mm-hmm. listening to a podcast where two people were talking about living in Texas during Hurricane Harvey. Okay. Didn't listen to it on purpose. Had no idea they were talking about a hurricane, but it was very serendipitous. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that we can do about any of this. So what are we going to do about it? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's How like are we? Past the point of no return or whatever. Right. How are we going to? And it's been. And there's another hurricane that's making its way up to Mexico right now. Mm-hmm. Um. How, I just there's nothing we can do unless the the government says we can do something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, there's nothing we can do anyway. So it's like, how do we, how do we approach survival as humanity when all of this is starting to happen? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Obviously, there's no answer. <laughs> there is no it's answer, just, but it's it, it's a it's a it's a scary thought it is and it's a big question and the reality of the future of human existence is that we have to start calculating these things like the question becomes Mm -hmm. I mean we're not there yet but we'd be really ignorant to not think this way what happens when Florida becomes inhabitable we're not that far away from that because now people people are going to be real rebuilding their houses and living these living through these things and then what's going to happen next hurricane season which is not a long time from now like no, well, first of all hurricane season is just starting isn't it or is it yeah. just ending like we still have months um, more to go of this actually is it ending i can't remember i mean i go i don't remember i think it, it i feel like it's september october know. yeah so it must be just ending um i i don't think people uh, with anything right or with everything i don't think people grasp the severity of where we're at in like these climate times you know like we're not supposed to be getting these like major storms like yes like, the the u.s ugh. gets like like obviously the u.s gets like 
every natural disaster i feel like mm. but like not to this extreme like yeah. hurricanes used to be just like oh just like stay home like and don't like go out like it's dangerous but like there's not gonna be to a lot the, of rain yeah. yeah but like not to the extent of like stay home and board your house yeah i had to i learned what um apparently learning new terms related to the weather there's something called a gale g-a-l-e which is like something it's like it's like related to um like like do you know what squall is when i know when that's first coming out what's a squall i think it's like wind and snow like Mm -hmm. heavy wind and snow i could be wrong but like i used to get last uh uh winter or the winter before it would like those like emergency things would pop up on my phone yeah then like oh there's a squall in the next two hours fuck is a squall yeah well there's a gale warning right now in um that was a gale the long island area and it's like it has related to like little like when tidal waves like get, they're bigger oh but they're not like big enough to like be a tsunami so yeah so they're oh, that's like terrifying that's my worst they're like year. sending warnings <laughs> for like up to four or five feet Ew. waves coming in over the next 24 hours i'm not trying and, to get a like, tsunami in america Correct. That's you know that's per- that's average person height. Like, and that's when you're talking about average. Oh, oh no, I God. gotta plug my computer. Average person <laughs> height with like water is not. You're that's doing some damage. Like that's I, not. That's that's my worst fear is a tsunami. Honestly, mine. I agree with you. I, I. Oh my God, I'm getting like waters, chills just thinking about like well, tsunami on, type waves. <laughs> And like, sorry, I'm so... frantically struggling to plug my computer in, friends. But no, that would I would I just what do you? What do you do? What do you do? What do you you don't do anything? And I, I mean, the only difference, right? The only yeah. it's not to say that water doesn't come in with like the hurricanes, right? Like we see all the water coming in, but at least there's a pattern it develops mm-hmm. slowly like you start to watch it i mean it doesn't really develop it's not that slow but you can see what's happening with it right and it doesn't go over your head what do you i i just i just and this is where my brain gets to all like what do we we don't <laughs> what do we do we don't we don't unfortunately um and we, do, we don't remember, get paid enough to do this shit <laughs> i remember um I remember I had a really good friend in college. Sorry, my brain needed a second. I had a really good friend in college who always used to pack a, um, I have like a little unicorn horn going on right now. She always used to pack like an emergency evacuation bag or whatever, Hmm. and or like a disaster bag. And Mm -hmm. my brain, Mm -hmm. I think that the, because of where we live, I think it would be different if we lived more inland. But in my brain, it's like, the disasters that we're really facing, the realities of the disasters that we're really facing are related to water. And how do you prep for that? You're not going to take a huge backpack with you and put it on your back to trek through the water. You know what I mean? Like, like how do you, water is one of those, I I need to buy a kayak. Like that's how I need to prepare (laughs) for something. I just don't know how you, yeah, you prepare for water. And I don't know why, but like water, the idea of water water from the ocean and specifically scares me more than the idea of like other natural disasters because I just feel like you have it's well the ocean is vast and correct deep and like I and... feel like fires when I mean natural fire disasters happen you have somewhere to go more or less you know what I mean like you yeah. there's more 
when it comes to water, like flash floods, you can't go anywhere. What are you doing? You have no time. So I, like, where do you go? I just exactly. really, I really hope that <laughs> the the more this is very like catastrophic thinking of me, but the more that I look at the next generations of humans, the more that I look at the future of our world, like it can't it it's got to be coming to an end like am i am i ridiculous for thinking these things like or it might just be like a cycle you know how earth goes through its cycles like oh i mean true i don't think the world is coming to an end i think our our existence existence (laughs) in living on the world world or being able to be here might be coming to an end i don't mean like tomorrow but i mean over the next you know generations or something yeah yeah it might i mean with the way that we're treating it if we're not like doing something to revert some you know damage then yeah then i can see that wholeheartedly i like this is well the start to the end that's a fun topic things that you think of when you're like hurricanes and natural disasters from disney from disney world to well we're gonna come back to that (laughs) because i think that for all the ways for Mm -hmm. all the ways that we really criticize our society in many of our previous episodes because yeah. we're Americans and that's what we do. Um, when you compare when you compare the path that we're on mm-hmm. with nature and the environment and how things are going tragically wrong and spinning out of our control, there are some ways that you have to give us credit for as a society that we're making strides in dealing with the issues that we have amongst our communities. Perfect example, the way that Disney is handling, (laughs) Uh trying to have representation of people of color, specifically black people in their movies, even going on to talking about, did you watch Hocus Pocus 2? You know, I've never watched Hocus Pocus 1, so I can't comment. No, I, I want to log off right now and be here by <laughs> yourself. Um, the new Hocus Pocus movie. I mean, if you watch the first Hocus Pocus movie, there's not a single person of color like mm. in that entire, like on the screen in, in that entire production. Yeah, um, but there like, are that's like standard '90s Disney movie. Correct. Yeah, there are. A, there's a lot of representation of people of color um, mm. in the new movie, which yeah, great, but. Um, specifically the reason why Marie and I wanted to talk about this is because when she was getting her to leave for Disney, we were having a conversation about <laughs> what had debuted. So take the lead on that. Go for it. So, um, oh my God, what's her name? Chloe, Haley, Bailey. What is her name? Her last oh, name the Bailey. actress. Yeah. I actually don't even know. Um, because she's part of a duo with her sister, like a singing group. I don't remember if it's Chloe or Haley. So I'm one second. I think it's Haley. It's Haley. Uh, so Haley Bailey, who is a black woman, um, is the lead role for a little mermaid um, so she's ariel um and i was telling Brittany, and i i think i sent you a video or something Did I no but i found it i you like found I it. Was i'm sorry on, yeah i was online and it came up and i was okay, like oh great. this must be what maria was talking about i don't go online enough to find things and yeah, then i so, randomly go online and see things great so there's a tiktok compilation and like just a bunch of tiktoks of like little like black girls and even like black boys that are <laughs> like that weren't expecting like a black princess to appear when their pants were like oh you should see and watch sit down and watch this like trailer and all of a sudden the girls and the boys are just like 
oh my god she's black she's so pretty that looks like me I'm like I like every single one of them I like cry <laughs> like yeah. they're so it's so nice to see honestly yeah and I think <laughs> the bigger because it's not to say that Disney's never put forth a person of color or a black like Tiana from Princess and the Frog like mm-hmm. There, there are characters. I think what makes a big statement here, or two things that make a big statement here, is that it's a live action yes. princess. Yes. And it's a princess that's iconically always been seen as mm-hmm. a white as person. A princess. And like the one of the core princesses. Right. One of, that's very of true. One of the original Disney. princesses. And I think that I'm very excited for all of the turmoil this is going to bring up. It's hard to bring up. <laughs> Because it, that's up. going right, and going forward more as more as it comes out, because I think it's that's it's going to be a major catalyst for making a statement and making a change. Um, mm-hmm. And we have to go through shit first, but the videos, the facial expressions, yeah, like of I, many of them. If not, like all. I went back and watched it without sound on it, and their their physical response, honestly is the most beautiful thing yeah it's truly just so like both heartbreaking that it took this long mm. and like very warming because but then be- you also you all the parents also get their like inner child that's like, what i'm saying feels. right they're you getting that has to be a very special experience to be a parent to have oh, grown yeah. up and you know experienced a very mm-hmm. white dominated yeah, silver screen or a white dominated Disney mm-hmm. and then be able to have your kids have access to something else and something that represents them. And I was listening to an interview with Sarah Niles, um, who plays, oh, I don't remember the, her actual name on the show, but she plays the uh, therapist on Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. And she obviously didn't relate this to Disney at all, but she talked a lot about um, representation when she saw Black Panther was her is her favorite movie mm-hmm. and um, she talked about being you know her age and she talked about growing up as a child and she traveled a lot from um, I think she's originally I want to say she's originally from Trinidad but that might be a lie um, mm-hmm. her family traveled a lot when she was a kid from I think yeah definitely Trinidad because I remember her saying that she had to talk in her Trinidadian um mm-hmm dialect when she would visit home but Mm -hmm. she would travel from America back to Trinidad very often and she felt very lost about who she was because she when she came to America especially when she would visit Texas Mm -hmm. and live in Texas she had to you know it's so different code herself right she had to do her coding switch like her coding work and her code switching and she brought up how when you know the Black Panther movie didn't come out that long ago and when she watched it she felt validated as a black person because mm-hmm. she always felt like when she went to Trinidad, she wasn't black enough or she was the wrong kind of black. But when she came to America, she wasn't white enough. She was too black. And, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know any better. I wouldn't, I'm not a black person, so I can't relate to this. So I'm mm-hmm. happy that I got to hear her speak about it, but she said how, and I think about the movie differently now, mm-hmm. seeing that movie, it was one of the, one of the first representations of not only the whole story and the whole identity of a black person, including their background and their experiences and their family members and like giving them a full whole being, but it represented more than just a monoculture in black Mm -hmm. culture. 
like that there were different types of black cultures that were evident in all existing and that that I think is like the next step of where we really have to start going it's not going to be enough to just it's not enough to just show somebody who's a person of color or a black person on the screen. They have to be a full-fledged person. Yeah. And I, yeah. And not the and, stereotypical. Right. Not the stereotypical. Yeah. And that's where Disney has to get, like, they're going to have to do more work. But I, I think they, I, they've started though. I, I mean, they have, the, they're trying with the, uh, with Raya and the, oh, man, what is the full movie name? Raya and the last dragon or whatever. That was, oh, a I wanted to watch that. I haven't seen it yet. That's a Southeast Asian princess. Like, and like, I'm Southeast Asian, like, <laughs> like, like I'm from that region. Um, granted, obviously it's not fully like, there are instances where I related obviously because of the culture down there in Southeast. Um, and then there's also Coco, which I also related to because the Spanish colonized the Philippines. And then there's also turning red, which is also a like a hyphenated like Asian, like you're Asian yeah. and Canadian or like I'm Asian and American, like the two like identities there. So it's like they are trying. They thankfully, are. Because like now I'm seeing the representation that I wanted to as a kid as opposed to like, I mean, I love Mulan, <laughs> but I'm not I'm not Chinese, you know, like right. like. Mulan obviously is one of my, if not my favorite Disney princess growing up because it was my only representation, even though it wasn't fully me. Right. So now that there's like Raya, who's like Southeast Asian or like, you know, a hyphenated Asian, like, you know, like May and uh, Turning Red, like kids now have these these identities yeah. to like hold on to, which I think is great. Yeah. And they're they're fully developed identities. It's right. 100%. It's made it's really just listening to her speak about that made me realize I watch TV a little differently now. Cause I, you know, you don't, you don't know what you don't know. You don't have the awareness until you it, have the especially awareness. Especially as a white person. I'm not, I'm going to definitely say. you're uh, yeah. Cause I'm a, uh, why, why would I, you know, yeah. why would yeah. I think about that? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I think it's really important that we become people who, and I think that my, I'm going to say this in my respect, even though I think it would be across all white people, but my part of my role now is to keep an eye out for that and make sure that I'm in support of the places where there's fully represented identities of people of color in shows. And, and I don't know, I really also just think that we need more of that and more people, more white people need to get themselves in a position to... Like, if you don't fully feel comfortable being around people who are different cultures, start watching TV shows of people that are fully identified. Like, um, even, oh my God, I can't think of the name of the show. Never Have I Ever, Mindy mm. Kaling's show. Mm-hmm. Like, to give you a little bit of, it's, when you watch shows like this that are people who are people of color, that have really strong roots and traditions and other cultures around the world but they're full-fledged Americans at the same time you know what I mean like they're and they're balancing the difference between those two things yeah I go to therapy for this shit because it's so hard so yeah yeah but you get so much perspective and it it frustrates the hell out of me I was having a conversation when people don't understand that they're that like this is a thing that I have to go through as a correct that like I have to code switch when I'm at work versus where I'm personally in my life and like that in itself is so like to have representation yeah. of that to say like oh you're not alone like this is so common is just such like a 
like oh okay I got this like this is just not a me thing but even though I have to go to therapy for it but like that's beside the point <laughs> but I mean I mean uh, it's happening now right you still have yeah. to had to live your life so much with that exactly and it's you're just in my mind I'm gonna I'm just gonna speak from the white person perspective and this is like a it. little I, bit of a me standing on a pedestal here I'll, I'll um, and preaching anything. to the white people no, no this is like directed at white people oh, okay, okay like you have access to all of this stuff now, all of these other ways for you to be, to push the boundaries and being slightly uncomfortable and like watching something entertaining, but in context underlying, you're learning about how to be around people who are not like you. You're learning about the lives of people who are not like you, even though you're watching a comedy show. And it, what's really beautiful, like, and I'm just putting never have I ever in, in that context, what's beautiful about it is when you follow a story, especially a lot of these like coming of age stories or a story like The Little Mermaid, for example, you're following a major theme that any human can relate to, right? Like The Little Mermaid, what I love about The Little Mermaid so much and I, why I connected to her so much, she's my favorite Disney princess, even though there's a lot of stuff effed up with her and why I also love Mulan is because they, <laughs> this is relating to my identity 100% as a female, they, <laughs> don't answer to authority because mm -hmm. authority limits them for being female, right? That's like the big thing that, you know, they go out and do whatever they, both, they need yeah. to. And that is a theme, those themes around love, those themes about around having to experience the journey of identifying yourself and flourishing and realizing that self-identity, regardless of any other way that we define ourselves, those are all experiences that we have as humans, like mm -hmm. emotions and crises and cognitive experiences that we have as humans. So how fortunate are we to be able to have these stories that we can tap into and start to relate to people who are different than us through that common experience. And then while we're walking that journey with those characters, we're learning about things that are, we're learning about experiences and cultures that are different than our own like you know what I mean it really is it's a learning experience and I think that as somebody who is white if you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to read the books if you don't want to actively do anti-racist work you can start educating yourself and becoming somebody who starts to push that spectrum by just doing something as simple as like choosing to watch a TV show that's not going to have characters who 100% walk the line of your life experiences. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I mean, and if you, I, I think the bottom line too, when you, when people listen to this and they get offended, if you get offended by whatever Brittany just said, you're the problem, <laughs> you know, like, like, like start there. Like if, if you get mad that people are telling you this is a good thing, because I, I see a lot on the internet, obviously, and just, like, in real life, like, why do they, like, what does representation matter even mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, be grateful that, like, you just have, like, a side, you know, like, a side character somewhere or whatever, like, not, like, a main thing. I'm just, like, but think about it the other way. Like, if you're clearly getting offended that you, like, a Black woman is a princess, then you clearly can see representation matters. Like, you know, like, it's just, right. like... Like you and you have your own <laughs> issues of systemic racism that are deeply rooted in you that you need to address. Right. And like they, but like, it's literally over their head. The way that no, you, I, the way that you like just stated everything, like you can, and a lot of people do this, obviously like preach and like, you know, put themselves on like a uh, white people. Hey, white people like do this, this, and this, like they right. won't understand. And that's no, like the, and 
the worst that's part. true that but so you want to know what let's do this yeah. let's just be like someone needs to get real creative and and I think I think that happens already and like subliminally start messaging this in and being like here's your characters of like white cast but we're also going to start throwing in these other characters as you go down the line <laughs> you want know what show does that really well um and it's it is one of my like this is my stupid guilty pleasure and I literally on days all during the week when I have a shitty day I come home and I just watch it because what, what if you get that? sucked into something else, then you're not. The show Dynasty on Netflix. Never heard I have of that no idea show. What that, I was gonna say Bojack Horseman, but go the ahead. entire. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna ask somebody who's never had to dive into anything like that before to start at Bojack Horseman, we're definitely going nowhere. <laughs> but the the Dynasty show is about a really wealthy family from Atlanta, okay. and they're all white, uh-huh. but the way that they start, there are people who are Hispanic Latinx and there are people who are black and they start incorporating them into the show. Like I'm only, there's like five seasons of it. Mm -hmm. They start incorporating them to the show and then they start building out bigger, fuller identities of those people as the show goes on. Mm -hmm. And then they end up making them like more main characters in the show as the show goes on. Okay, cool. There's still a lot, like, I'm not saying it's the greatest example of this ever. There's still a lot of negative things. There's still a lot of like being able to easily like assist them and pulling them in and out of the the storyline but there's whether it's intentional or not there there is effort in making a fully identified actual human being out of people of color aside from just the like major white characters um so that's what we need to do more of I think I feel like you need to get a <laughs> white centric like cast you, and then right, all of a sudden <laughs> start like implanting <laughs> yeah and you want to know what <laughs> let me ask you this question because I'm super curious about this and I anybody who's listening who happens to be somebody who is Latinx Hispanic I want to know your thoughts on this too there is another approach that you can take to this Mm -hmm. which is like the modern family approach oh so uh, I've never watched modern family but like I haven't watched it in fruition the entire thing but the episodes the that I've seen, the way that they bring in people of color, I can't remember the name of the actress, but sh- they become the butt of a joke. It's very white centric. It's very, mm. I mean, the dad, the Sophia te- uh, Vergara or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. The dad, who's the dad from Married with Children, who's literally the exact same character he was in that show, um, is a very white man. Mm-hmm. And he ends up marrying a woman who's a very not white woman. Mm-hmm. And then there, his son ends up, they end up having a daughter who's, I don't actually know what type of background she is, but she's not white. And they, they pull them into the story, but it ends up, all of it stemmed from like making the white person feel comfortable. There's just other characters oh. that are, you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. So that's okay, the, okay. and it's, it, it's making jokes. It's like bringing up conversations that are difficult conversations, but they don't make the white person feel bad about the conversation. So it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's very protected and sheltered. And like, I don't know if those shows are doing any good because nothing's, cha- you know what I mean? Like you're not changing. Yeah. You're not changing anything. You're, if anything, you're like. You're allowed, you're saying it's acceptable. Yeah, to like almost. learn this way. So you know? I, I feel like T. Te- it's it's I mean that was also like when Modern Family was out it was like it's not now right like now like I feel like people want that like explicit like this is a person of color not right. like a the butt of the joke you know right. 
But back then, sure. I guess that's how you had to ease people into the idea of having a non-white for it not to become something character. that gets gets pushed away even from. Like, even like Game of Thrones right now, the like prequel or whatever, <gasps> people are like bugging people because of the bugging. the royal black, the royal family that's black. Yeah, people are straight bugging, and there is like, a black character who's also gay. Yeah, a like black male character that's gay. I haven't watched it. I haven't really watched <gasps> Game of Thrones, but like it is on my list. I've been like people like keep telling me. Here's the thing. I'm going on a tangent. If you tell me it. to continually watch something, I am stubborn where I'm just like, no. <laughs> so if I you get just that. back off, I will eventually You'll be like, I it. wonder. That's, yeah, that's now, interesting. Now, I get that. Especially, especially with the Respect. prequel out. Now I'm just like, oh, maybe this is like the time that I want to like actually watch it. But You I should watch like, the prequel first. That's what I want to do. It's like still like going, right? It's an on- ongoing. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> enough degrees of separation away that... Mm-hmm. It doesn't really connect a lot in any way, shape, or form. It's that's like, odd. oh my god, to it's on like one of the families, correct? Yes, yeah, yeah. And it's like three hundred years prior Before to the storyline of yeah. yeah. So it's it's as of right now, there's nothing really directly connected. And I would I I would recommend watching the. It's like when you watch the store, this you start watching Star Wars and you watch mm. them in the order, and then you're like, wait, I should have watched them. Like I don't know what happens from beginning to end. Right. I would recommend watching the prequel, but I respect, I understand, because when things get sometimes when things get a lot of accolades I, you're like mm. it's, yeah especially people are like bugging me to watch it i'm like now i'm just like yeah, out of no. fury <laughs> i think but anyways there are a lot of uh people of color in that or like you know there are and for people to it's like not like, even why? just that they're people of color there are people of color in very high standing roles there's people Bad of people color are married bugging. married are to bugging. very important white people there's uh-huh. people of color who have not Mm-hmm. who don't meet the stereotypes of what you would say for a person of color. And that's what makes it just freaking beautiful. Yeah, I agree. But I don't understand. Like I, I one one day, I just want to understand the psyche of someone that like takes offense to these things. I just don't understand how this personally affects you in any way. It's fear and safety. If it's possible it's out stupid. there. <laughs> it, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, but if it's possible out there, it's possible near me, right? And how how does that going to impact me? I'm afraid of what would happen if this happened around me. Uh, it, uh, all of it. Dumb. <laughs> it, it amazes me how, do you know who Willie Nelson is? Who? Willie Nelson, the singer, singer, Willie Nelson. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He does. I don't want to say like honky tonk, but he gets into like honky tonk stuff. Mm-hmm, and then he gets mm-hmm. into all of this very faithful music that he does. It's you all know. very, it's all very Southern. Yeah. Um, but I listened to him uh, this. I hope that this in this episode, you guys are getting a good idea of like all the ridiculous span of things that I listen to. But his family <laughs> put out um, like a family album and I started listening to it and I started listening to his son. And then I was like, I'm curious like, what they have to say about their music. So I found um, a talk that he did with his son and I started listening to it and they, I mean, Willie Nelson's got to be like into his eighties or nineties, if not more He's than that old now. old now. He, oh man. And he talked about how he quoted, mm-hmm. who was that? What president was that? Was that, uh, who's the president that was like, the only thing we have to fear is fear yourself and their self. Oh, Lord have mercy. Uh, uh, I can like one? hear his voice saying it in my head on the recordings that they have. The only thing the fear is fear itself. Um, uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt. Roosevelt, there we go. Um, 
that seems that that aligns with like knowing who that president was much better than where my head was going. Um, and he quotes him. He he talks about oddly enough, he talks about mm-hmm. the power of having faith and manifesting the life that you want to have, and how like okay. worry. He was talking about this in relation to all of his sp- very spiritual music that he's done over his entire career, and he talked about how. Mm-hmm. worry is what makes us sick and holding on to it and talked about how manif- you can manifest things by just thinking it and being with it truly like fully and then letting it go and not worrying about it again and that makes sense yeah and how fear gets in our way of all of that and how deeply rooted we all are in fearing everything because once you realize you have no control of anything what do you hold on to and then fear just finds its way into everything and i that's just complete had, nihilism <laughs> yeah i had a real come to jesus moment when he started talking about all of this cuz i was like oh my gosh i can relate to this so much right now <laughs> i think that to come back to the like why do people have an issue with this mm-hmm. all of the fear and it's and the worst part of this is all of the fear that was instilled in people about people of color and people who were different of different from them mm-hmm. from honestly through the years of the 1900s i feel like really just oh, yeah, put sure. the nails in the coffin on all of that i think that there's just so much fear around that and like we talked about in our last episode where you're dealing with the old politicians mm-hmm. when we're living in a world where the people who oversee the systems that we are living within are people who are like direct products of that time frame Mm -hmm. that's why and I I (laughs) hallelujah for I can go in and in and out about like why television is terrible but hallelujah for having it become such a foundational part of our pop culture because mm-hmm. it has such a chance to, because we as humans love stories and we need the escapism and we need to be entertained. It has such a ma- an amazing opportunity to be something that projects us into the future in a mm-hmm. way that we can all have that like equity and be represented. <laughs> I mean, whether the future will be there because I'm literally watching the rain just endlessly <laughs> or whatever future yeah. is available to us. You yeah. know what? If that were the case, if we were heading in that direction and there was going to be a sense of true unity and humanity amongst humans, and then like the world was to end, it would be like a very, like, of course, let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a moment of like, being of like, course. like, we did our peace. job. Yeah. Right. Like we did our job and then the world ends. That sounds about right for humanity. Like we achieve like the world peace or like very close Talk to it. about having <laughs> a fucking like epic novel. Like that's an Odysseus story right there. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, <laughs> one other thing that I just want to bring, I want to like bring to the attention of the masses talking about like the world ending because the world is just cool um and Mm -hmm. science is just cool so it wasn't that long ago that we were having the conversations about don't look up Mm, yeah yeah yeah. for friends who don't remember the premise of the movie um i'm not gonna give away any spoilers but essentially this massive asteroid is curling at the earth and it's like what do we do and do you did you hear about what happened over the weekend there there's a real world don't look up 
Are you talking about that? I just saw like a headline. I didn't read anything about it though. Okay. So <laughs> don't, no one freak out. Everything's fine. Um, my brother, shout out to my brother and the really cool work that he does. Who's an actual um, rocket scientist. Who is legitimately a rocket scientist. <laughs> um, so I learned a lot of cool nerdy stuff and I got to watch this really awesome thing because he works in the rocket science industry. So he works really close to the thing that happened. Um, mm-hmm. So let me start here. So NASA, everyone knows NASA does all the space science stuff. <laughs> like that's granted. So there are three different um, companies, laboratories in the US that focus on, I'm just going to blanketly state it as like the space sciences. Um, two of them are owned by NASA directly. One of them is Goddard. The other one is called uh, JPL. Okay. So remember when we started talking about, we talked about like, where does GPS come from and all the stuff with like yeah, the government like, and that, yeah. that show with Adam. Um, yeah. Cause I can't figure that out in my And head. we talked about how like a lot of it is stemmed from like government projects. Yes. Yes. So like NASA and all the space scientists, mm-hmm. a lot of the space science stuff has been developed through and this is all stuff my brother was talk, talking to me about and I love this shit was um a lot of it was developed through technology that was originally utilized by the navy so the navy and which if you think about it makes like kind of makes, makes sense, sense right if you think about like space and the ocean like I see a lot of parallels potentially there right 100 percent, yeah because we don't know like the bottom of the sea yeah and like you can't control the environment like all of those exactly. stuff. you're just trying to survive and investigate so the other um body that exists that helps develop ideas and work in space science is called APL. They're not directly owned by NASA, but they work in partnership with them. And my brother works for APL. Mm -hmm. So APL was the one who successfully completed the mission that happened over the last week to reference the movie, Don't Look Up. In the movie, they try to send this robot up to try to influence the projected direction of travel of this asteroid or like have an impact on what's happening to the asteroid well for the first time ever in human existence our space scientists were able to successfully launch a robot from the earth send it up to space and have it directly collide into an asteroid not the asteroid that was coming to the earth but they were able to like control the entire mission that's pretty cool it, and it, it's similar to the way you think about like it, this type of um, technology stems from like the way they use missiles in the Navy, right? Like they use the, the location system on it to be able to make sure it's hitting the target. Similar technology, but this was the first time ever that they were able to be able to control that entire from launch to impact. And I watched it in like live streamed with my brother, like the five minutes of watching the camera on the robot mm. go right into- That's pretty cool this asteroid it was cool. ridiculous um <laughs> so it just it made the second that we watched it I looked at my brother and I was like is it a coincidence that the movie don't look up just came out did people know that you guys were like working on this yeah. so now there's like all of these questions but That's funny it, it it's the beginning of if you know there is mm-hmm. it's kind of funny how we have all these natural disasters that are happening on the earth that we don't know anything to deal with but like if something comes from the sky, we're starting to figure out how to deal with it. But it was the first, it's the first of a long journey of us being able to have influence over the things that are around the earth and be able Which to have good. some type of like defense mechanism uh, yeah, from the against universe. any, 
from the universe. Yeah. Which is so scary to think about. I hate space. <laughs> Isn't it ridiculous that nothing has, I mean, knock on wood, that nothing yeah. has happened in such a long time? I mean, how long when is you the think Earth? of right? like, billions, what it was like 3 billion, 3.8 billion or something when ridiculous? Was like, when was like the ice age? Not that long ago. Because then in that's compared like, to that. right, in compared to that, right? So like, maybe we still have a ways to go if you think about it that way. But it's just crazy. But you, I mean, it's like, it really is wild when you think about how much stuff is, is out, out there? there, how many things, how much stuff is out there yet. We're all that, that the frequency of them interjecting or there being a, any type of, you know, connection between things is so small. It, you can't, it's wild you, to think about you, you can't, <laughs> how do you argue with the fact that there's some type of divine calculated <laughs> something when we're all truly of, in like in the goldilocks like like what are right when yeah, all of area. those not only can all of us in this very minute scale right more or less like mm-hmm. function together without you know yeah. catastrophic ends but these m- massive things yeah, that are literally there. out in nothing Ooh, can have coexistence which yeah. brings me back to the question of yeah, wrapping sure. this all up mm-hmm when you come into that understanding of having that divine sense, divine greater power, that calculated being overseeing everything and helping things function on that level of a scale, we struggle as human beings, as living creatures to have, to not have those moments with other living creatures that we're around. And if planets that are living things can survive at that level, Mm-hmm. and not intervene intervene with like the greater calculation of what the divine you know intelligence yeah. is trying to do why as humans are we constantly fighting with <laughs> that divine inter- in- intelligence and making collisions when they don't have to be there uh, people's egos yes i would assume yeah a hundred percent the yeah. ego is the worst thing that's ever happened to the brain yeah so i yeah. we're starting one Disney princess at a time. Yes. And one Disney trip at a time. Yeah. <laughs> and, sure. and, you know, we'll see what comes first, the end of <laughs> the end society. of systemic racism in our country or the end of the world. I truly hope I'm I drinking see, my coffee to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I truly hope I see the end of systemic racism in, in some future <laughs> before that. It's, ridiculous when you think about who did, I just heard somebody say this that we when we work for a cause in our life or we have a passion to work towards any cause in our life we go so hard for it mm-hmm. and for sure. the greatest thing that we need to realize and the hardest <laughs> thing to realize is that it may never come to a resolution in your lifetime I can say that a hundred percent and the amount of it's great because I think it's a good balancing point for like all millennials who have a cause. Um, mm-hmm. It puts you in a place to be like, Ugh, I can give myself some grace with this. That's it, it was a very hard lesson to learn that for me because it I is. have I have my Filipino American group, mm. and like the one thing I just really want for that community for my community is to like have that, you know, like have it solid and have a foundation of it and like build it but like it's not like I see in my lifetime but like not in my tenure as like 
mm. the founder of it and like the head of it you know like I get that yeah so it's like i i've taken it to a place where i think it can thrive it's just now i have to put it into the hands of other people and that's when you're just like i don't know if i can do that uh, yep. <laughs> you know paralysis like, yeah because it's just like this is my passion and it always will be but like i don't like it's the it's the reality of you are only one person and like you only have so much ability that like you can't trust yourself to like put this all the way through like the goal line it's a beautiful curse it really is to have that level of and it's it's it Mm -hmm. relates to every topic that we've talked about thus far on this episode Mm -hmm. in that for sure we it it takes lifetimes and decades for planets to change for society to change for systems to change and it's not instant gratification that we're used to right and that's that's, the hardest part that's the paradox we live in right we live in a society that's about the instant gratification but we're dealing with these things that you know we're you're pushing water up a hill Mm -hmm. so I don't know what I don't know we talked about a million things today I have no idea what my summary is for this (laughs) Yay for representation mm-hmm. and yay for science mm-hmm. and yay for the development of our society through use of both of those things. Agreed. <laughs> cool. We're good. <laughs> Brittany's doing a little dance over here. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. Thank right. you guys for hanging with us. I don't know what you took from today's episode, but hopefully it was something good. Okay. Bye. Bye.